Welcome everyone to the Creativity Cocktail. My heart is warm today because we have a returning guest who is so, so cool. Mr. Dan Guyton is back. So wherever you are, cheer, scream, whatever you want. So Dan, thank you so much for joining us again. Really, thank really you for having, you. having me. And so Dan is got, he's one of these creators. And one of the reasons why I dig him so much is that he is so multifaceted. He's got so many things going on. He's acting in plays, writing plays. He is an educator. He's doing so many wonderful things. And then we are going to ask some cool questions today. However, before we do that, I've always had to start off every podcast, at least for the last two years almost, with almost the same question. And the question is about our world right now and how you are doing dealing with the COVID-19 life that we all have to deal with. Yeah, it's it's tough things to go through. It's really all we're dealing with right now. Right now, we are we are vaccinated. We're wearing masks. Wow, wow, we're trying to stay safe. And it's you know, it's one of those things where for a long time we kind of out and out anyway with everything, and we're starting to go back. Society, society, even more. We're both acting in a play right now, uh, so there's a lot that we're doing, and it's just, um, you know, but still trying to maintain that safety and you know, find that balance between, you know, uh, staying safe and also um, staying alive. Yes, yes, this is such an unbelievable challenge. I know so many people, we probably both do, who are either had it, know someone who's had it, or and in some cases they just have been around it. I, I am so hopeful still about our world and that yeah. we will get through it to some degree. I'm under this impression that COVID-19 will be like the measles. And it, it, it'll be here so. on some level forever. And yeah, so we, I know, I know. We, we got to think about that. So I thought we'd start off with a new kind of thing that we're doing at the Creativity Cocktail for 2022, 23. I said that because who knows when somebody's listening to us. So I want to make sure they, they got it. So we're going to start with five questions, I think. Five okay. questions. And Do so, it. so the first question is tell us about your favorite or one of your favorite movies tv shows or plays that you've seen and experienced recently recently okay um we are my wife and i are uh, big fans of the, the the star wars shows the you know uh, oh, yeah. right now we're watching boba fett we're really into the mandalorian yeah, uh, we've been watching recently. Uh, we also recently started watching. Um, oh, what is the? It's it's that long title. It's the the girl from across the street. Who's you know? It's it's based on all those um, horror movies. Um, it's pretty funny. It's on Netflix. Really? I, I got to remember the full title, uh, but it's got Kristen Bell in it. And, oh yeah, um, she's great, Kristen Bell. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so she's she's you know thinks that there's been a murder across the street, and she, but she's you know an alcoholic, and she's trying to deal with all that. It's it's funny and dark, and uh, right right up my alley. I love funny it, and dark. Yes, yes. Well, you know that is cool. So since I've asked you the question, I have to 
answer the same. I have to ask myself the question because that's how it works. We okay. got to go back and forth on the thing. Sure. And so, my answer would be, is I've watched this show and I've been I'm a big lover of anime and animated shows that are good. And so yeah. I watched one recently called Arcane, which oh. is based off of a video game called The League of Legends. I've not played that video game, so I have no okay. idea. I have no sure. idea what that is. Um, however, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a really, really cool thing. Great animation. I think it's done by some people in France, and I didn't know that anime could be done in France. Well, I shouldn't say that. We know that animation can be done anywhere. I just think it's just like that kind of cool vibe of a show that I think is something that I personally kind of dig that kind of thing. And maybe you feel the same way as well. Uh, so so that that is question number one. Okay. So nice. Fun question number two is what is one tool, solution, or environment that you use to help you get into your creative mindset? Ah, okay. How do I get into my creative mindset? Um, I, I do love music. Um, and right now I've been really listening to a lot of uh, uh, wordless music because uh, that kind of gets me into like a groove. Um, there's a, a, a whole bunch of channels right now on YouTube music called uh, Lo-Fi Hip Hop. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, for yeah. Studying. I use it for when I'm grading papers. I'm a professor. Uh, I use it when I'm writing. Uh, it's just kind of like a steady beat, <clears throat> but no lyrics, no words to distract you. So it's just kind of like keeps you kind of grooving. Is that the one with the little girl who's like at the typewriter? One of those kind of the one when she's yeah yeah yeah. A, yeah 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 exactly right. <laughs> um, there's also uh, there's a couple of really great um, foreign bands like bands from uh, other countries and they speak different language uh, that I don't understand. So the lyrics are not going to distract me. So I could listen to the music from other countries. Um, there's a, a great band from the Middle East uh, called Tenarwin. And uh, it's just really great rhythm. And um, I, I don't know what they're singing about, but it, it's a really catchy groove. And I could just kind of, you know, not feel distracted by the words and just listen to the music and enjoy it. So I also listen to a lot of, uh, uh, really listen to a lot of jazz, Miles Davis, um, Herbie Hancock, a lot of that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Great to kind of get into a, a groove. That's awesome. So my answer would be, for me, is that every time I'm in the, writing space, I listened to a composer, pianist, Max Richter. He's done oh, a lot of contracts for like um, Battlestar Galactica and shows. Oh, yeah. like now, and another piano pianist called Dustin O'Halloran. And so when they are both, I don't know what it is. They are on so many, you wouldn't even know the shows that they're on because they're just on so many. But it's that yeah. kind of thing, like I'm in a you know, like when you're in a movie and you see like this great um, scene that's about to happen, whether it's a battle scene or something's going to happen, some big ultimate scene, they write a lot of those scores, which is kind of cool. <laughs> nice. So question number three, where is one place you visited or wish to visit to get your creative juices flowing? Hmm. Place that I have visited or wish to visit to get my creativity going. Oh, that's a great question. Uh, let's see. I, hmm, funny enough, usually when I'm visiting, I don't feel so creative because I'm like just enjoying the, the place where I'm at or the culture or the, 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 I love warm weather climates. So I, I really, um, 
you know, we've taken a few cruises down to like the Caribbean, uh, Bahamas, that sort of thing. And, but I, I tend to turn my brain off in those locations. I tend to not feel so creative. I tend to go, okay, good. I can stop thinking for a minute, just enjoy where I'm at. Um, so if I, if I want to feel creative though, I, I kind of have to be in a, a place with a lot of books, like a library or my office. Um, I, I tend to feel less creative when I'm in a new environment. Uh, because I, I tend to feel more um, just wanting to appreciate where I'm at, uh, which, which in a way, I guess that that's a good place to, to recharge my brain. And so when I do get back to my, my office or a library or something, I, I could feel uh, ready to go again and recharge. You know, I'm sure, you know, as a creative person, you get worn out sometimes. You reach a point, you're like, I can't think anymore. That's right. You got to um, right. charge the batteries for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I'm trying to think though, if there's a place that I've been recently that really made me feel, oh, okay, I will tell you. Um, I have family that lives up in um, Long Island, New York. And so we go up uh, every, every year to go see them, sometimes twice a year. And we try to go into Manhattan. Uh, and something about the big city, especially mm -hmm. Manhattan with all the Broadway and the theater and everything else kind of uh, makes me want to go home and write, you know? Like, so there's something about that. So being in a place where there's a lot of creative energy that makes me want to be creative and, and, and fit in. So there's that. That's great. You know, I have, I think you and I have connected that I too have family in Long Island. And so yeah. every time I go there, I have to, no matter what else I do when I go to New York, I have to go to Manhattan. Yeah. Oh yeah. Even if it's just to walk around, even if it's just to do that, because you're right, you just get this, this, this sense of energy that comes from it. So that is sure. fantastic. Question number four. If you could write, act, direct with one person in history or present, who would it be? If I could write, act, direct with one person in history, who would it be? Um, I mean, there's a lot of contemporaries that I would love to, to work with. But uh, from the past, oh, I, I know. Sorry, Charlie Chaplin. I would love to work with Charlie Chaplin. I just think he's a genius. And I know he was so meticulous. I know a lot of his, his actors that work with him would get fed up because he was so specific and he would reshoot scenes, you know, four million times before he was satisfied. But I just, the output that that man came up with is some of the greatest cinema, I think, in the history of our, our you know, of, of cinema. So I would love to work with Charlie Chaplin. That's awesome. For myself, it would be Steven Spielberg. Oh, yeah. He's just, you know, when I, I went to go see the most recent West Side Story, and I tell you, when I went in there, I was saying to myself, I can't, they cannot redo this. It's not going to be fantastic. It's not going to be great. It's just, I was saying to myself, yeah. why am I going? My wife wanted to go, and I went in there, and it was fabulous. It yeah. was fabulous. It was not very good. I, I agree. Like, it was just really, really well. I don't know. His artistic vision is just so amazing. Like, he thinks of things like these little touches inside of West Side Story that no one conceived of in the past. You know, like the, the way it was, the environment, the long shots. He's just been, he's phenomenal. And here's Absolutely. question number five, the final question of the, top, of the five questions with the creativity cocktail. Okay. If you wrote, directed, or acted in your life story, what would the title be and why? Oh boy. Um, he kept on going. 
<laughs> yeah, things seemed bleak or dark or whatever, you know, things aren't going right. I just, I just kept on going. So That's awesome. That is such a great way to think about things. I was having this conversation earlier with the members of the Rising Tides Charity Board. And, yeah. you know, they're they are the ones who helped to drive and power the Creativity Cocktail. And I shared with all of them that we have all gone through this collective trauma over this last two years, regardless of where yeah. you fall on some, you've, you've felt it. And so now it's just time to keep going. Pick up, get up, keep moving, keep moving forward. Right. So that is, that is great. So Dan, thank you again for rejoining the Creativity Cocktail. One of the things I, I, I will tell you up front is that you and I are part of Nearly Writers, right? This, this organization that you and um, leads and you know, you're part of that. And every time I get there and I get on this, these calls that we have with other actors, you always say such very thankful and, and heartfelt things about the Creativity Cocktail and about me specifically. And so I appreciate that because you know, a lot of times in life you do stuff, you're like, yeah, does anyone recognize what's going on? And you, you do that. So I thank you so much for that. So absolutely, absolutely. Well, I mean, I, I you've interviewed me once before. It was a great interview. Uh, this I felt was really great as well. And I, I always enjoy talking to you. You got a, a great soul. I mean, just great energy about you. So, thank um, you, I, and I'm, I'm a firm believer, you know, we're, we're in the arts, we got to lift each other up. Um, you know, you see some people try to put each other down. And I, I just, um, Thankfully, in, in a lot of the circles I've run in, I, I haven't seen that too often, but it, it does pop up its ugly head sometimes. And uh, I think it's great if we can all lift each other up. I think that's that's the way to be. That's what we got to do as artists. Yeah, that's fantastic. So tell us a little bit about Merely Writers. For those of you in the audience that you have not heard of this organization before and what it does for our community here, specifically in Atlanta, but we've had, and Dan can talk about this, we've had, I've, I've seen shows from faraway places from another oh, yeah. parts of the world. And so tell us a little bit about that, because I know there's some real thoughts about Merely Writers going forward in 2022, 23. So tell us about the, the plan for the organization. You bet. Uh, so uh, Merely Writers actually started out as an offshoot of a, a theater group called Merely Players Presents, uh, which was uh, founded by Joni McElroy. Um, and it's, uh, it's based in North Atlanta, uh, in Chamblee and Doraville, that region. And um, Originally, it was meant to just be a, you know, a theater that does productions. And um, Joni had the idea that she wanted to start having uh, new works, new new play readings, and she asked me to come on board as the uh, the writing development coordinator for Merely Players Presents. And I suggested, what if we uh, create a writers group where we actually have uh, not just read, you know, not just like physically read the papers that people submit, but actually have a group where we could submit our work, read it out loud to one another, have actors come in, uh, volunteer their time, and we can develop the work. And if, if anything comes out of it that's really producible and, and, and noteworthy, we can, you know, we are a production house, so we can produce it. And Joni loved the idea. So we created uh, Merely Writers. Uh, again, it's an offshoot of Merely Players Present. And the plan originally, before COVID, was to uh, meet at the uh, at the time we were meeting the Atlantic Cuban Club, and so we would, oh, yeah, it. it's a wonderful place. <laughs> and so we would meet on a Sunday night. We'd all bring in works. It was kind of not even really fully organized. It was just kind of like bring in what you got. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll grab a couple of actors and uh, 
-hmm. we'll make it work, you know, it just it kind of yeah, flies absolutely. out of your hand sort of thing. Uh, and it was a lot of fun. It was just like loose energy and it was just a really, really fun, uh, fun process. Uh, but then, of course, COVID happened and we couldn't meet in person and the Atlantic Cuban Club lost their funding. They got shut down in part because of COVID. Uh, and so, you know, we weren't sure if we were going to close up shop, fold up, you know, whatever. And um, I mentioned to Joni, maybe we could try some stuff on Zoom. I have no idea if that'll work. I have no idea. You know, it's, it's so new. This is at the beginning of the pandemic. Zoom was a brand new concept to me, you know. And uh, we did our first reading on Zoom, and it went really well. It actually was a lot of fun. Yeah. And um, so uh, then it became uh, more of a thing. We kind of had, uh, you know, Zoom readings every other Sunday. We'd have a full-length reading once a month. And things were going along. And it was kind of interesting because because we were on Zoom, because it was virtual, we had people coming in uh, from all over the country. We had, In fact, we had some people from India. We had uh, someone from Australia sign into our readings. Uh, we had people from Boston and New Jersey and, and um, someone from Arizona. And so it's kind of amazing. You have these people from all over the, the world, really, uh, signing in to do our readings. And these are just, you know, fun, free readings that we do. Uh, but it was just kind of cool. We could, we could interact with all these people from all over. And, uh, oh, there you go. There's our logo there, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we, we just had a, have had a blast. Uh, of course, now things are getting a little bit calmer with COVID, maybe, sort of. We're still kind of in that, I don't know, sort of phase. So we are talking about going back to live. Uh, and Merely Players Presents does have a new location now, finally. They are in Doraville, and it's the, um, the what is it? It's the city city council office or something like that, uh, that they've been, because uh, the, the city of Doraville loved Merely Players Presents. They wanted a theater to call their own in the city of Doraville. And so when the Atlantic Human Club got shut down, they, they were like really worried. So the city actually has been helping uh, Merely Players Presents get a new location. And so yeah. there's a new location they're renovating right now. So we're hoping to be back live soon. The challenge with that, of course, is now we have all these folks from all over the, the world that if we're live, they won't really be able to participate as much. So we're trying to work out some kind of hybrid plan where we meet live sometimes, meet online sometimes, and, you know, so we don't lose uh, lose members, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, that, that, that is such an interesting, interesting dilemma that we're all facing, right? So as we get past COVID or we get to a certain part with COVID, we all want to be together again. Yeah, yeah. And it, and it is so nice. I'm, I'm acting in a, in a play right now. And of course, in the theater, everyone's vaccinated. Everyone's boosted. Uh, we all have to show vaccination cards. The audience has to show vaccination cards. The audience has to wear masks. We're on stage, so we uh, we are not wearing masks. Um, but we are, again, we, are, we get tested every week and, and all that fun stuff. Uh, but it is so nice to be able to hug people and work with people and, and, and interact and go live on the stage. Um, it, it's just... It was so long without that. It's really, you know, um, and, and it's scary. You know, uh, somebody uh, last night was coughing and we we're like, oh, no, you know, and it's kind of luckily he had a mask on, you know, so we're hoping, you know, it was just a cough and nothing more serious. But it, it's still nerve wracking. Uh, but we're, we're trying to live. I'm saying, isn't that interesting now? Something as what was innocuous as a cough years ago. Yeah. Oh yeah. Now it's something when someone does it in public. Now 
everyone's eyes perk up. Whoa, you did a call. What? Are you, 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 yeah. So, you know, if I'm if I'm somewhere and I feel a cough coming on, I like and I have my mask on. I try to suppress it as to not alarm the other people. <laughs> like something's going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go. You know, try to you know compress the cough inside of my own little mask. That mm-hmm. is an interesting development in the world. I'm you the mentioned, same way. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned from like that. dry throat or something, you know, a little clear in your throat, but That's right. I'm afraid to do it in public because I don't want to upset anybody. Yeah, yeah, you, you mentioned you're acting in something. What is that that you said that's coming up? You said you're acting in a in a role? Yeah, we are doing a show called Clyburn Park uh, by Bruce Norris. Yeah. Yeah, and so uh, I don't know if you're familiar with it. Are you familiar with Clyburn Park? No, isn't it in Chicago? Am I wrong with that somewhere in that area? Okay. Is it in Chicago or something like that? It's set in actually? Chicago, and it is yes, actually yes. the unofficial sequel to A Raisin in the Sun. Gotcha. Um, so if you're familiar with the famous Lorraine Hansberry play, A Raisin in the Sun, yes, yes. Uh, it's a black family, and they are, you know, a lot goes on in the play, but essentially they're going to move into a white neighborhood. And there's a lot of conflict about whether they should move or not. This play takes place two hours later uh, in the home that they're going to move into, and the white neighbors are up in arms because they know that there's a black family moving in. And so it, it's from the perspective of the uh, white neighbors and they're dealing with, uh, you know, what are, what's going to happen with this. So it's a really interesting yeah. kind of like flip, flip it on its head kind of thing. Um, and my character is the one who's selling my house and I am okay with the family that's moving in. I have no problem with it. But my my neighbors are very angry with me and so it's a it's a really interesting um it's a it's a a fun play it really is dark and uh challenging but it's um there's a lot of surprising comedy in it because of the uh the dynamics between the neighbors and so on um and uh and it's a really interesting play because it's actually two acts and the first act is set two hours after raising the sun the second act is 50 years later and so we get to see what happens um, and so what ends up happening, oh, I don't want to give it away actually, but it, it, uh, the second act is 50 years later and we see what happened after the younger families moved into that, uh, that home. And now, uh, 50 years later, they, they've died off. A, a white family has moved back into the home and they're gentrifying the neighborhood. <clears throat> and so it's really interesting. So you're dealing with the end of segregation in the first act and you're dealing with gentrification and this whole culture clash yeah, between the two cultures um, and, and the second act as well. So it, it really brings up some some powerful questions about uh, race and segregation and gentrification and, and property ownership and everything else. And uh, it, 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 it's pretty powerful. That's awesome. When is it yeah. again? When is when is the uh, we opened last night? Oh, and, last night. Uh, we run, yeah, and we run until February 27th. So we got uh, three weeks of the show. So if you haven't seen it yet, you got uh, two and a half more weeks to, to make it out. We hope you come check this out. And it's at Onstage Atlanta in uh, Indicator, Georgia. I've been to Onstage before. That is great. Woo! That is awesome. So yeah. that's is, that is awesome. So what else is going on? Is there any other things upcoming, whether it's for merely players or merely writers, that you would like to share what's coming up? We have a reading for merely players, or sorry, for merely writers coming up on uh, February twenty-first, and uh, and I apologize, I don't have my notes in front of me. Uh, I don't remember the name of the play, but it's uh, it's a new writer uh, that joined our group, and they have a piece coming up on February twenty-first. 
Um, if you're interested, you you posted the website. You just shared the website of Manly Writers. Uh, I'll have it updated on there um, this afternoon. Yeah, there you go. Um, let's see. Is it updated yet? With uh, can you scroll down? I want to see if um, the February twenty first date is there. I don't think I've updated it. Yeah, that's still January. Uh, nah. All right, I gotta update it again. Okay, but I'll I'll have it updated later this afternoon. But yeah, uh, so we have a reading coming up on the 21st. I'm doing Clyburn Park. Oh, and I've just been cast in another show coming up in April. And this one is called The Last Lifeboat. Oh, wait, there it is. February 21st, 7.30 p.m. Uh, fed up. And I can't see. Yep, it's on here, but it's probably small for. I can't see the author's name. But can you, are you able to click on it? Yep. Diane Dierks, that's it. Okay. So the title is Fed Up, and it's by Diane Dirks. So that'll be coming up on February 21st. Thank you for pulling it up. Great. No, no. That's pretty cool. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. And as a person, um, in January, February, I started to do something. I, every year I try to challenge myself as a creator. And this year I took the first acting classes I've taken in over a decade. Hey, very yeah. cool. Who are you taking them with? I'm taking them with Sharon Foote. Sharon oh, Foote at the Alliance. She is in the, she's at the Alliance. So that's oh, where I can, cool. yeah. So I've never taken a film acting class before. So I've taken several theater classes and it's been a boatload of fun. It just oh, has yeah, been they're so much fun. Yeah. I I probably should take a film acting class too. I, I've taken a lot of theater classes and, and they're they're great. But um I, I am more and more interested in especially with COVID, so many film industry the film industry came back earlier than the theater industry. Because the yeah. film industry, you know, you're much more, you can have two people in a scene and, you know, both are vaccinated and you're, you feel fairly safe. Whereas with the, you know, theater, you got the whole audience coming in. There's, you know, so um, film bounced back a lot quicker than theater. So I've been doing a lot of thinking about getting into film uh, this past year. Um, so we're, uh, we're going to go get headshots soon and try to submit out and hopefully get cast yeah. in some local movies. I don't know. I was looking at my headshot from way back, and the last headshot I took was 2015. Me too. That's ours. That's our last one, 2015. Yep. It was like I took it, and then I looked at pictures, and, and the the amount of gray I had in 2015 was half of what I've got today. Uh, <laughs> so was, yeah, yeah, seven years, seven years, I got that much gray, and yeah. I, I was this close to getting rid of what you see before you, and then I had a whole bunch of like, don't do it. You look distinguished, or whatever they were telling me. I was on I was on a call recently with the Cultural Noir Performance Art Company of San Diego. Okay. And so they've asked me to be part of their board, and they do a lot of performances in San Diego for That's for great. theater. So I'm on the call, and the person who's running the call uses this term says, "And Professor Winston, what's your comment?" Then after that, everybody in the, <laughs> everyone who was on the call kept calling me the same thing. <laughs> I love it. All right. All right. I'm going to have to tell everybody at Merely Writers to call you that now, too. Oh, see, you know, it's like, what do you call it? Like a, a Pandora's box? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is really cool. That's great. I love that. That is really cool. Um, yeah, so yeah. The amount of hair that I have now is half what I had in 2015. So there's there's that. Well, you know. that's, that's that too. 
you know, back then, up top here, grew a lot more effectively than it does now. <laughs> so I, yeah, I wonder why that's so weird. That happens. I said, yeah. What happened? I thought I got good, you know, genes that didn't have that. But then mm -hmm. I realized, I heard that your genes as a man comes from your mother's side. Uh, that is true. Yeah. It's well, their genes. I was like, I don't know if that's true or not. But then I, I looked. Know. Then I looked at my uncles and all of that, and yeah, I understand now. I I look like my uncles, so yeah. my my uncles uh, had the same hairline I do. So yeah, yes, yes. you know, my grandfather on my mother's side had a full head of hair, and my uncle, oh yeah, my mother's brother has a full head of hair. So um, I've got the hairline of my uncles on my dad's side. So everybody in my family besides me have a nice. If they wanted to grow an afro today, they could, including my dad. <laughs> Uh, and I was like, where is this latent gene coming from where I cannot grow here on the top of my head? I don't know where that's coming from. Um, I wanted to ask you uh, a, a question specifically around, you know, when you think about creators and what they've gone through through the pandemic hmm. and how they can reignite themselves. You and I just gave examples of that. Right, yeah. with all of the things going on with really writers and players and acting and all of these things, I get a sense that many creators are like semi lost in a way. Right, yeah. they had like a rhythm of their life, and then, like most of us, it got disrupted. But many of us are trying to get back to being who we were, yeah. And sure, so, yeah. What was some advice you'd give a person who's kind of in limbo right I, now? I say, you know, look, uh now is a good time for a rebirth and what that means could be different from every person um uh try new things you know um what what for me i, I spent most of my time pre-pandemic writing um because I, I wasn't acting as much i was doing a lot of writing i was uh, mostly that was my my primary focus um was was my playwriting and my screenwriting and then uh, the pandemic hit and you know i had a bunch of uh, productions lined up that i had written they all got canceled one after the other because of the pandemic. Um, I wrote a few pieces after that, and then, you know, all the theaters were shut down, so no one was able to produce them. So it's kind of, I kind of reached the point where I kind of felt a little bit like, what's the point? Why should I keep writing? No one could produce them. And I kind of got down for a little bit. Um, but then we started doing Zoom acting and doing Zoom performances, and that was something that kind of kept me going. And I really enjoyed acting on Zoom. And then some of the theaters started coming back and asking me to be part of their live shows. And I was like, this is fun. And so I'm, I'm still staying creative. I'm just doing it differently than I did before the pandemic. And um, it's sort of like inspired me to try some new, new avenues, new ways to be creative. And uh, now is the time to do that. If there was ever something you wanted to try, maybe you wanted to learn how to play guitar or you know, uh, learn an instrument or, or something like that. If, if what you were doing creatively before doesn't feel right now, try something new. You know, the, there's so many ways to be creative. There's so many ways to, um, you know, keep your, your creative juices going and your, you know, your, um, you know, how to reach that need within yourself to, to create something. It doesn't have to be what you were doing before because the world has changed in so many ways. We've, you know, just in this country alone, we've lost close to a million people. Um, you know, around the world is, is many millions around the world from this pandemic. And um, yeah, the world is, is, I think if the world were to be the same, I, I think we have missed an opportunity to grow from, from this. I, I think, um, you know, I hate, I hate to look at, at 
anything as you know as tragic as this was as you know try to find the silver lining but you have to you, you know life has to go on uh so i try to look at the lessons that we could take from from what we've learned and and use that so for me this is a chance to, to try something new and and you know i'm still alive i want to make use of the life that i have and um and uh, that's that's important to me that's awesome um thank you for that one thing i wanted to ask you about is that and i don't know you can say winston i want to talk about this if you don't wish to but i know you've been on a a journey specifically around your weight loss journey and yeah. uh, and, uh, and i would love for you to talk a little bit about that and what what you're doing with that and how that came about because it, it's been phenomenal it's been very oh, thank inspiring. you very much yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was pretty heavy before the pandemic started. I was well over 300 pounds. Uh, I didn't feel great, but I kind of, you know, I had so much going on. I didn't really stop to think about it too much. Uh, and then of course the pandemic happened and at the beginning of the pandemic, we were all depressed and, um, you know, we weren't going out at all. Like even a routine trip to the grocery store was no longer in the picture. Uh, and so there was really no exercise happening and we were depressed. So we ate a lot more and ate a lot of the junky foods, you know? And so by November of 2020, I was 336 pounds, uh, the heaviest I've ever been in my life. I felt really sick all the time. I didn't really, I, I couldn't imagine my life, like even five or 10 years from then. Like it was just, I just couldn't. And with COVID, of course, uh, it was it's, it's especially um, harmful to people who are uh, overweight. And so I got scared, uh, really, really scared in, in many ways. And I said, I got to do something. And so I reached out to a nutritionist friend of mine and uh, told her, you know, what I was going through. And she put me on this uh, or she encouraged me to get on this diet. Uh, it's called Results Inc. And basically it's a... I hesitate to call it a keto diet because it's not quite keto, but it's sort of a more extreme version than keto. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's basically a lot of meat and green vegetables. And um, they, they have these like shakes and, and bars you can eat and stuff like that. Um, and it, it has worked so well. I have lost 155 pounds wow. uh, since November 2020. Um, I'm one pound away from my goal. So I'm almost there. So I went from 336 pounds to 181 in 15 months. So about, about 10 pounds a month. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so I feel great. Uh, I'm, I feel comfortable. One of the things too, when I was heavy, I didn't really want to act. I love acting, but I didn't want to, I felt self-conscious about being in front of people. Uh, I didn't like the way I looked and it feel good in my skin. You know, of course, acting on stage requires a lot of energy and a lot of, you know, your, your vocal control and everything else. And, and when you're not feeling good in your own body, it's kind of hard to, to maintain that. So this is something with um, being where I am now, I feel much more uh, in control of myself on stage. I feel like I'm able to go for two hours. You know, I have a more stamina in, in, in so many ways. Uh, and I just feel great. I really do. It's It's been an amazing uh, change for me. That That is wonderful. I am sure that when people see this, whenever they see this in the future, they're going to applaud what you're doing. You know, it, you. It's, it's just so amazing. I am, 
I've been on a similar path. I haven't lost the amount. At one point, I was 290 pounds, like 10 years ago. Um, yeah. And now I'm a little over two. But I did change something that had a profound effect on me. And I was sharing this earlier. I haven't had any meat since September of 2020. Ah, great. Yeah. And um, it was important for me because I have... Um, September 2020, right before that change or right after that change, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that, was it? Yeah. Okay. So, um, and so I understood now why I would have these excruciating pains in my innards, in my gut and all of that, yeah. because my body and my nerves and all of that weren't working well. And so by changing my diet, it has changed the way my energy levels, the way I feel, all of that mm -hmm. has happened. And I was a person, I was, I was a, a self, I had like the card, I had like the gold card of a carnivore <laughs> before that. Yeah. Sure. I was like, I was like, I have had every single kind of meat that existed on the planet earth I could get my hands on, you know, yeah. just, and it's, it's changed so much in me. Oh, yeah. And like, you know, what you said about the five and 10 years in the future, I said to myself, Dan, like so much that I want to do and I want to be there for so many others in my life. Yes. And if, and if I have this thing that's going on where I'm, I'm not taking care of my, 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 my health, I can't do any of it. Yeah. And once it became about everybody else I love and not just about me, that was like the trigger point. Yeah, trigger point. It, it is amazing. And I, I've seen, I've witnessed that too. Like with um, when I was heavy and I wasn't really taking good care of myself, um, I, I'm a teacher. And so I, I noticed that it, it's really, it's a strange thing, but I noticed students pay more attention to me when I seem healthier than when I didn't. And uh, it, it feels like I'm able to read and, and maybe that's just, you know, purely because they're young and they're, you know, they're, they're, you know, judgmental or something, but I don't think it's that. I think it's like, it's just mindset of, well, if this person doesn't care about themselves, why should I? Mm -hmm. But if they think that you care about yourselves, they're more likely to take advice from you and listen to you and learn from you. And so being healthier, and I don't even mean necessarily like better looking, I'm not talking about that, but just being healthier, being more confident, I think can inspire more people. Uh, and so there's, there's so much more, um, beyond just, you know, looking good. It is, it's not even about that. It's just the, the feeling good feeling That's like right. there's something there. And, and I'm, and I'm so glad you, you've taken that step too. That's really great. Yeah. I, my, my body just seems to work better than it yeah. did before. It just seems to work better. Yeah. And, um, I, I was on a conversation earlier with the members of the rising tide charity board. And I talk to them about the fact that I have pain every minute, but when I'm creating things, when I'm talking to you, when I'm doing these other things, I feel none of it. Oh, good. That's and great. So, yeah. Now, is it still happening? Yes. But do I feel it yeah. because my mind, my mind is engrossed or into the thing that I love the most? The answer yeah. is yes. And so your comment about people really figuring out how to react through the pandemic and taking that step and stepping outside of themselves, whether it was your health journey or your acting things and all you're doing, 
I tell people all the time, like, this time is your time. Yeah. You just, you just got to get up and you just got to do it. So yeah, yeah. thank you so much for joining. My last Absolutely. question is, is the question sure. I've asked, I've asked in the past. And it's just someone out there is listening to this and they're like, I want to be like Dan. I want to be like him, but I'm, I'm scared. I'm afraid I'm, I'm hurting for some reason. And I'm having this conversation. You engage with that person and they go, Dan, I'm struggling to find my creative spirit. Sure. What advice would you give that person? Ah, oh, wow. Um, struggling to find the creative spirit. I, first of all, I think it would, it's important to know what what does this person normally love now? And what you know, whatever they're struggling with, um, you got to find out what it is. What did you love before? You know, so I would want to know that. Um, and I want to know why are you not uh, connected to that? But then I would ask, you know, are, are there anything else that you've ever wanted to be creative with? You know, maybe you're struggling to go back to that. But part of that, I think, especially, especially with this pandemic, is um, there, there are some latent memories we might not even be willing to address. Like for me, having I had a, several play productions lined up that got canceled because of COVID, that hurt. It's hurtful, you know, like not, no one's fault. It's not like, you know, I, I understand the logic behind it, but it still hurts. Right. And so the idea of getting back up and writing again, just to maybe have the theater shut down again, and we're still not fully out of this pandemic. It is hard emotionally to get yourself to that place, to go back to doing what you did before, because the last time you had did it, there were negative results, right? Again, no one's fault. No, you can't really be mad at a person. It's just sort of like, um, but, but it's still painful. And so if you're trying to go back and do what you already did, and you're struggling to go back to that, it may be because you're still feeling that hurt or, or whatever, or some sort of frustration. This creativity has let you down in the past or, or so you feel. And maybe you're not quite addressing that. Maybe you're not quite dealing with that in your brain yet, but it could still be there subconsciously. So what I would suggest is try something different. Try something else. Again, if you ever wanted to learn an instrument, if you ever wanted to try acting, if you ever wanted to try singing, um, maybe you wanted to try poetry, you haven't done it before, try something new, try something different, because you won't have that same negative experience with a new thing because you haven't gone through that yet. So try something new, try something different, and maybe you'll love this new thing, and that's, that's what you love, and wow, this is great. I hadn't thought of it before. Or maybe this new thing will go, you know what, this is, I don't love it as much as I love the last thing I used to do. So, but I've tried this, let me go back to the thing and maybe that'll kind of guide you back in. Um, but I, I do think creativity in general is so important. Wh whatever it is we're doing, we, ha we have to be able to express ourselves in some way. That is so awesome. It is so awesome. For those of you who are out there who listen to Dan today, please let's all thank Dan for being part of the Creativity Cocktail once again. Like he shared, he is so busy but he spent time to be with us. And for those of you who are out there who are listening to my voice, one of the things that we have done as an organization today, the Rising Tides Charity Powers the Creativity Cocktail, is that we're doing something unique starting now. And so starting next month, each one of our board members will be conducting a workshop in something that they love. And I will be starting this off next month, starting off with time management, I get so many requests from people about time management. It's like the whole, it's like 
of all the requests I get about all the things that I know how to do, people want to figure out how they can be more effective with their time. So I will be starting that off next month. Then the month after that, we will have healing with Ivory Shields. Then the month after that, um, Cornelius Jefferson, a wonderful actor, is going to be talking about acting. That Paxson is going to be talking about directing. And then we're going to have a series of things uh, leading up to August where we're going to have our second annual, what we call Tonys. You know, based, and it's, it's all based on Tony Simmons Henson, who runs the Atlanta Black Theater Festival. She has done so much for the community. We decided to name the award after her. We decided to name it after her. So I'm sure one day I might get a cease and desist letter from the Tony Awards in New York. <laughs> they might send me a letter. But at least it's this time, it's called the Tonys with an I. Uh, and uh, then this will all culminate in November when we're hoping to get together and do our first ever award of a creative suite. Now that creative suite will have a computer, will have a camera, it'll have the software, final cut, final draft, all of those kind of things that we will have. And it will, our hope is that we will be doing this in a physical place, but we're prepared to do it. And we decided to name it after a young lady who was a creative on this earth for 21 years of her life and she's no longer with us. And so we've talked about her, I've talked about her with her family for a number of years. And so we've decided to name this ward, this thing that we'll give under her name. And her name is Kiana, Kiana Janice. And so it's based on her voice. And so we will be naming that. So you'll see lots of things from the Creativity Cocktail on every conceivable platform that we have, you will see this this award based on Kiana's memory and the fact that she's here in spirit with all of us. And so um, this has just been fantastic. And, and I am so thankful to you, Dan. I am so thankful for you and what you're doing to help us all as creatives find our voice and make sure that our voice is out there and going through this pandemic. So everyone, wherever you are, if I had a sound effect somewhere here, I'd make a sound effect that would make a big clapping, clapping, clapping. So <laughs> that's right. That's right. So let's all clap for Dan. Dan, if anyone, if anyone wants to connect with you, how, what's the best way to do that? Uh, they can. Uh, my website is www.dangaiton.com. That's D-A-N-G-U-Y-T-O-N. Dot com. Uh, you can also um, find me on social media. I'm on most things. Just search my name. Um, you know, funny enough, it's a, it's a fairly common name, believe it or not. There are a few Daniel Gaines out there, but uh, look for the one with um, anything theater related. I, I think I'm the only one that's theater related. So that's, that's awesome. So right before this, I am going to share with our audience your website. Thank and you. So, Thank here we go so thank you so much for that so here we go so everyone in the audience you can see dan guyton's uh, website here and so dan i there think that, i think i get a sense that you might be updating your website at some point here in the future yeah it's updating my website that is a, that is a 2015 photo uh Back with the headshots when we got them the same well, time. That was my headshot, <laughs> I, I did not have the uh, the facial hair, 
and uh, there's a couple of ads on there, which I get. I get a little bit of revenue if you click on my website. So uh, oh, I get a couple like, of cents. Those like referral referral partners. That's fantastic. Yeah, these are what people have said about me. Yeah, that's awesome. So thanks again to Dan Guyton. Everyone that's out there, have a blast. Be creative, one brush stroke at a time. One brush, and if you do that, you will create something beautiful in this earth. So thank you all for joining.